Okay, let's run down the half a dozen games that I'm looking forward to most for week four Friday night football. First in Georgia, four games. Let's start with Evans hosting Richmond. Evans, the number eight team in the class in class six A. Richmond comes in 0-1, but they're def the defending region champs in class 3A. These two teams both won their regions last year, and they were maybe the two best teams in the area last year. They're coming off a game in the same week last year that was a real thriller. Evans held the lead until Richmond mounted a, a fourth quarter comeback. Three interceptions for Evans in that one. Richmond gets the 17-16 lead, kind of catapulted the Musketeers into a dream season where they um, won the region against the likes of Thompson and Burke County. Just an incredible run for the Musketeers, but Evans was right on the same page, so they meet again this year. Evans comes in 3-0. Richmond 0-1. Richmond lost to Augusta Christian. No shame in that. ACs for real. But Evans comes in with more rhythm, playing all three of the first three weeks of the season. Richmond playing only once, and that one game was thrown together at the last second. So Evans will have the rhythm advantage, and that kind of showed in last week's result when the Knights were able to win at Harlem, hand Harlem their first loss in three games, and they did it by having zero turnovers. They did not turn the ball over once. Now, Harlem only turned it over turn it over once themselves, but that was as Jason Williams was crossing the goal line on the first series of the game. DJ Walton of Evans strips the ball. It goes out the, the back of the end zone, takes a touchdown off the board. The Knights end up winning by two, so the turnover um, battle is always important. It will be in this one. I mentioned how Evans turned it over three times, threw three interceptions last year against Richmond, opening the door for the Musketeers to come back. So watch that turnover battle. That'll be a theme in the next three games I talk about as well. Now, the other thing about this Richmond-Evans game, Richmond game is playmakers all over the field is something you should expect. Joseph Hampton, the senior rusher, for Evans is electric when he busts through that line, unlike anybody else in the area in that regard. Scored on two 80-yard touchdown runs last week against Harlem. Had a 95-yard touchdown run the week before against Hepzibah. Hampton rushed for 200 yards last week on only 11 carries. Got some big guys up front who can really play in the form of Trey Morris the veteran leader on the line, and then Mason Short, who clocks in at literally, I want to say it's uh, 6'6", 265 as a freshman tackle, number 75. And he, he's a player to watch for the next four years here in the area. Now, Richmond, proven playmakers, young playmakers still, after two years of varsity experience, Jack Murphy the, the, the throwing quarterback for the Musketeers is still is only a junior, and he's a proven leader, as is Maurice Freeman, who splits time at the QB but also plays all over the field for the Musketeers. He's speedy and, and, and just, just a ball player, as is Kellen McDuffie and others for the Musketeers. So um, playmakers all over the field. I'll be there. 
the um, the the AUGB ball timeline. Uh, I expect it to be popping with highlights and excitement from a, a matchup I've been um, looking forward to ever since missing out on last year's thriller. That one will be at Evans. Now let's talk about another one. Lincoln County ranked number 10 in Class 1A public, 2-0, hosting Laney 1-1. Laney's already knocked off a top 10 Class 1A public team this year in their dramatic come-from-behind road win over Washington Wilkes in Week 1. Now they go on the road again to face Lincoln County with all that tradition and with the Red Devils. Now the Red Devils are coming off a 23-17 win over Westside at home last week in which Lincoln County remember turnovers from the prior game? Well, that was the story in this one as well. Westside outgained Lincoln County nearly 300 yards of total offense for the Patriots. Check that. It was nearly 350 total yards of offense for the Patriots against Roughly 200 for Lincoln County. None through the air for the Red Devils. It's a rush-heavy attack. Samaj Jenkins had more than 90 yards on the on on the ground. He's a sophomore runner, and Tevin Gartrell had um, over 80 yards on the ground after going well over 100 in the Week One victory. Those two guys get the lion's share of the carries. Quarterback Trey Huff didn't complete a pass. But he had 18 tackles on the other side of the uh, of the ball. So so the Red Devils didn't turn the ball over West Side against West Side. West Side turned it over three times, and that um, allowed the Red Devils to overcome the 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 deficit in total yardage by almost two to one in favor of West Side. So look for. Um, the Red Devils to, to, to take care of the ball against Laney. Laney will have to um, match that when they possess the ball, and we'll see if the Wildcats can come, um, can make it two, in a row, two, two times this season that they knock off a top 10 Class 1A public team on the road. Now, what, Laney will be without star junior Marcellus Brigham, who had a big game in week one, didn't play in week two. He won't be playing again for the Wildcats is my understanding. That'll hurt, but football's a team game, and Laney has shown, they showed in week two that they can compete with high-level competition on the road, um, You know, no matter who's on the field, that being a, a 24-14 loss at Jackson. Uh, Laney's really turning in the right direction. Lincoln County has been turning in the right direction. This should be uh, an exciting game. Now, let's go to... Greenbrier hosting Grovetown. Remember, turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. Well, Greenbrier has had a roller coaster season through two weeks so far. They lost to Harlem 29-25 after leading 25-14 entering the, the, the fourth quarter. Turned the ball over twice, put it on the ground, lost a fumble near midfield, and um, had a, t- a, a pass tipped by Matthew Williams. He comes down with the ball near midfield with four minutes to go. Harlem scores on both, off of both turnovers, scores touchdowns off both turnovers, beats the Wolfpack 29-25. Then we turn around last week, the Wolfpack heavily favored against Lakeside after beating the the Panthers 26-0 last year, get out to a 21-7 lead. Here comes Lakeside on the strength of 
three forced fumbles and recoveries for the Panthers. Um, Lakeside didn't turn the ball over in that game, put Greenbrier's back firmly against the wall. Well, that's that's when you're glad to have a player like Brooks Pangle at quarterback and Davin Driscoll on the outside, the six foot six senior receiver. Um, Catches a pass on third and ten. Pangles rolling out to the right, throws it off the right foot as he's almost out of bounds under heavy pressure. Third and ten with less than 30 seconds to go. He hits Davin Driscoll for a 62-yard touchdown strike. Driscoll just mushes off the defender and gets the gets the win for Greenbrier on WJBF. Just a storybook finish for Greenbrier. And like I said, a roller coaster season because of the turnover so far. Two in the fourth quarter against Harlem, three in the game against Lakeside, and they end up coming out of that one and one. They'll go into the game against Grovetown looking to get some, uh, some discipline and rhythm offensively against a team that they beat handily last season, but a team that is starting to turn the corner maybe. The Grovetown Warriors lost 40-0 against Thompson in their opener, Tur- mentioning turnovers, fumbled the ball and lost it 15 times is my understanding, a state record. But we in their second game last week against North Augusta, Turned the corner, um, led in the second half, ended up losing 28-19. Uh, Joseph Jean had 175 yards and two scores in that game. Um, and then the Augusta Chronicle, um, Winston Wilcox and Will Cheney have identified a matchup to look for in this game, and that's Malik Leverett on the outside. I talked about Driscoll earlier. I talked about Brooks Pangle being – the, the best passer in our area. Well, he's got another weapon in Malik Leverett on the outside, the junior who has a, several Power Five offers already. He's a great receiver. Well, he'll maybe line up, according to the Augusta Chronicle, they think he'll line up against Marcus Washington on the other end. Marcus Washington is a junior for Grovetown, and he is committed to the University of Georgia already. And so if those two guys do match up, that should be exciting. Anytime Brooks Pangle, Malik Leverett, and Davin Driscoll take the field offensively, that's exciting. So um, region matchup, no, not a region matchup, a Columbia County rivalry, Greenbrier and Grovetown, um, that should be exciting at Greenbrier. The last Georgia game I want to highlight is Hepzibah, 1-1, one one, hosting Jefferson County, 0-2. Former region foes, Hepzibah had a dramatic come-from-behind victory over Screven County last Friday. Jalen Patrick scored five touchdowns, three through the air, two on the ground. The, the, the fifth touchdown, a rushing touchdown, the second rushing touchdown of the game for the junior quarterback, came with fewer than 30 seconds remaining. Um, sealed the victory after Demetrius Williams forced and recovered a fumble on the prior um, series, defensive series for Hepzibah to, to give the Rebels the ball in that one last chance. Jalen Patrick, recognized by Georgia High School Football Daily Newsletter as one of the top five performances in the state last Friday um, with his five touchdown performance. But Hepzibah has never been, in, in recent memory, 
has never been able to get past Jefferson County. Jefferson County will line up that single wing offense. They'll have 10 blockers. They'll do a direct snap to one of a host of rushers, including Nick Jordan, who's a Division I prospect at linebacker. He carries the ball along with several other warriors. But the real star of the show for Jefferson County is that is that offensive line, that blocking attack, team football at its best. And, you know, when I saw them play against Thompson in week one, the team didn't turn the ball over a single time. Now, they were only able to get it into the end zone once against a very tough Thompson team, but they didn't turn it over. They rushed for well over 200 yards in that game. And, and time of possession, they dominated time of possession. Now, Thompson touched the ball five times, had five ser- offensive series, scored touchdowns on every single one of them, won the game 35-6. to But Jefferson County proved that they can move the ball, they can possess the ball for the overwhelming majority of a game. It reminds me of the old, old days when they were in a region with Hepzibah, and they would do that to Hepzibah and Harlem and, and, and those teams. And, um, you know, I look for that, that mistake-free football from Jefferson County and, and, and that rush-heavy attack. Can Hepzibah withstand that? Can the defense get off the field and give the likes of Jalen Patrick time to operate on offense? That'll be uh, what I'm looking for from that one. Um, don't let Jefferson County's 0-2 record fool you. They lost to Thompson, and they lost to Swainsboro 7-0. Swainsboro's always great, and Thompson needs no introduction. Top 10 team in Class 3A. Over in South Carolina, um, one uh, the first one I'll, I'll look at is Greenwood coming to town to uh, visit North Augusta. North Augusta's two and one, only loss coming to Ridgeview, South Carolina Class Four, uh, South Carolina Powerhouse. This Greenwood North Augusta matchup, non-region two Class Four A teams. North Augusta has an embarrassment of riches offensively. What do I mean by that? Well, you've got DJ Curry running the football with his bruising style. He uh, rushed for two touchdowns against Grovetown uh, last week. He's he's averaging more than a hundred yards per game carrying the ball. And then you have not one, but two capable quarterbacks. Austin Harrell, the senior, has proven himself to be kind of a, um, a unicorn in the sense that we used to have three sports stars all over the place, and now you don't see that very often. Austin is the quarterback for the football team, the point guard, three-point shooting specialist, leading scorer, returning scorer for the basketball team, and stand out on the baseball diamond as well. Well, Austin's a competitor. He's been doing what I just described for going on three seasons now, three years at North Augusta, and he can throw it and run it all around uh, competitor, experienced quarterback. But then the Yellow Jackets also have and use a sophomore and Colson Brown behind center. Colson Brown is, um, you know, he, he's a polished quarterback in the passing game already. After playing limited snaps in week one, he, he's in week two and three amassed nearly 350 passing yards, three touchdowns through the air. He looks great doing it. He utilizes an explosive wide receiver on the outside and Jakari Gamble, a senior, 
Gamble uh, caught seven passes for 93 yards, including a fourth quarter, a key fourth quarter touchdown reception from Brown against Grovetown last week. Gamble plays on both sides of the ball. He's speedy. He's tough. He's he's uh, heady. He knows what he's doing. He hasn't. He didn't get to play last season because of an injury, and he only got to play his first season for something like uh, you know less than a quarter, if I remember right. Basically, hasn't touched the varsity field until this year, and he's making up for lost time. An electric player on the outside. Look for North Augusta to um, you know it's kind of a statement game if you can if they can handle Greenwood man I'll be so excited for a week the week five matchup between the Yellow Jackets and the Burke County Bears two proud traditional football programs I'll be at that one week five but that's week five let's finish up week four Silver Bluff hosting Fox Creek on me TV at 7:30 on Friday night replayed at noon on WJBF Sunday. I'll be watching that Sunday. Why? Because Silver Bluff exiting last season and entering this season is the hottest team in our area. Um, the, the, the Bulldogs started this season with a 40-0 win at South Aiken. Silver Bluff is, Silver Bluff is 2A. South Aiken's 4A, they go in there, beat them 40 to 0. You know, the headlines have gone to Trayvon Dunbar for going on two seasons now. Dunbar was a freshman last year. I, I'm pretty sure he had 14 touchdowns in five games, a COVID-shortened five-game schedule for the for the Bulldogs last year. Dunbar is a, a, a great back. Um but the Bulldogs are a complete team on both sides of the ball. They have experience. They have youth. They have speed, toughness. D'Angelo Bryant has really gotten that program onto a great track, the kind of track that we've always been accustomed to with Silver Bluff. And, um, you know, we get to see them for the second time this season. They, they sat out week two and week three, as did Fox Creek who also opened the season with a with a blowout victory, that being a road win o- over Ben Lippin. Um, Fox Creek, brand-new head coach, Lem Lackey, after um, Lackey's successful run at Evans, he'll start, he's starting his um, next chapter at Fox Creek. The team looked great, and, and the highlights that I saw from their first victory. Mike Adams at quarterback can really run and uh, make things happen. It's much more than Adams uh, when it comes to uh, the weapons that the Predators possess. So I can't wait to see um, those two teams take the field again on TV in week four. Okay, so that's about all I have. That's all I have for the week four matchup. The AUGB ball social media accounts will have Um, as much as we can possibly fit in from this weekend, Um, not just from those six games I talked about, but elsewhere uh, around the area as well. I guess I'll finish with two more games that I sure wish I could uh, be more familiar with and also, you know, see, and that's uh, Washington Wilkes hosting Warren County, two um, teams that reached the quarterfinals of the Class 1A public state playoffs last year, and Washington County hosting Swainsboro. Those two Class 2A teams 
proud, rich, traditional programs um, always have a thriller when they see each other. I covered that game two years ago. It was one of the one of the best football games I've seen in years as far as just quality of play. And um, so those are two more games to add to the six that I went into detail with that I've, that I've got my mind on. But there are more, and AUGB Ball will have as much news, information, photos, highlights, and, and such um, as possible. I'll see you on the field for week four.